Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, we have an exciting show today. We have a, a number of great guests, as usual. Uh, before I get into that, I want to mention that we've been doing a lot of work at ExitCoachRadio.com on something called the Audio Library, which is where you can go and listen to hundreds of interviews that have been archived and, and uh, arranged into 12 different categories. You can listen from your smartphone. And we encourage you to do that. Listen while you're exercising, while you're driving. Uh, it's okay to do that when you're driving and you're listening to audio. So go to Exit Coach Radio right from your smartphone. Click on the audio library and choose a category there. And, uh, and listen away and learn as you go. My first guest today is Steve Smith from Growth, Growth Source Consulting. Uh, I should say Growth Source Coaching. Let me get that right. Uh, in Lake Forest, California here. And Steve's been on the show many, many times. Uh, he's uh, a great friend of the show. Uh, He's a great consultant. He helps people to grow their businesses. And today we're going to talk about um, performance-based coaching and uh, realizing that you need it, learn it, and do it. And we're going to talk about how to confidently scale your business, which is something that a lot of business owners I talk with need to know more about. So, Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me back. I, uh, I appreciate being on the show, and I'm looking forward to a nice discussion today. Steve, your your uh, segments have always got great comments, and uh, you you tell you tell our listeners what they need to hear clearly. Uh, and before we get into that, for those that may not have heard some of your previous episodes, um, tell us a little bit about Growth Source Coaching and what you do. Okay, I am a business and executive coach. That's what I focus on, and those are the two clients that I work with most. Um, if it's somebody in an executive role or some type of a leadership position. Most of the time, they, they just need leadership tune-ups. They need to be able to feel comfortable and confident operating at that new level. If it's a business owner, uh, most of the problems that businesses run into can be boiled down to two areas. One, managing the organization better, and two, marketing it more consistently. And so that's the two areas of specialty I work with. But whether it's leadership management or marketing, it's focused on the individual because the individual is going to be driving the success of the business. So if I can get them to a point where they, they operate at a higher level and they feel more confident about what they're doing, then that's going to carry on way beyond after the time that I leave. Good point. Um, and, you know, that's so important. Leadership and marketing in both of those areas have changed for a variety of reasons. Number one, in leadership, you have a lot of younger people with, with different values, and you need to know how to communicate with these different types of, 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 of generations of, of workers. And in marketing, it's just been turned upside down by social media, by, you know, the, the uh, change from paper uh, media to uh, online media. So there's a lot of changes going on in those areas. What are some of the biggest challenges that business owners tell you they have in those areas? Um, when it comes to marketing, most of the people I work with at some point will admit that they recognize various components. They recognize that there's people all over social media, or they recognize that there's a, a, you need to have a, a good website and an Internet presence, 
or you need to be more effective at networking. So they recognize all of those specific strategies. What they don't understand is how marketing works in general. So a lot of times the reason they recoil from doing anything is because they've experimented with the wrong things at the wrong time. They've wasted a lot of time and money. And so rather than go down that road again, they just try to get along without doing any marketing at all. And once I start working with them and tell them how marketing works and how to design a strategy that matches the business they're trying to grow, they get more comfortable. And then they start going out and piecing together the things that they need. Yeah, and that's critical because, like you say, you can't just do nothing and and hope. You know, hoping is not a strategy. Uh, no, but it is. A, it's overwhelming. <laughs> it's a, it's overwhelming to a lot of people because there's a there are traditional ways that still work, and and it just depends on uh, what your what your product is, who your market is, who you're trying to reach, and and ways to do that. So it's it's very important that people not put their head in the sand and and uh, and stop doing anything. Exactly. So let's talk about this uh, scaling your business, the concept of scaling your business. I talk to a lot of business owners, Steve, I'm sure you do too, that say, you know, I, I know someday I want to um, leave my business, retire, uh, exit my business, um, sell it, whatever, and I know it needs to be more valuable, but I feel stretched. I need ideas on how to grow the value of my business. Why is it so difficult for business owners to scale their business? Well, let's talk about business owners that that start at the at the, the very early stage. You know, they, they either they start their own business, they buy into something that requires them to be doing everything. And at some point the only way for them to really gain the financial reward that they got into business in the first place is to build a a, a scalable model that's big enough that will drive the revenue and pay them what they, they feel they're, you know, they're worth for all the time and effort they put into it. Um, very rarely have I run into anybody who operates a solopreneur business and can do that on their own. Most of the times they recognize that if they have a, a storefront location, they're going to need to have one or two or three more. Um, if they're, you know, if they're by themselves providing some type of service, like maybe being a CPA or being an architect or, or a lawyer, they realize at some point in order to have a firm that's really, really pumping back the kind of income and wealth that they want to generate, they've got to have more people around them. So the, the very idea of getting into an area that is completely unknown by them can be scary. And it's scary because, number one, it requires them to change. You know, they're going to have to operate differently. They're not going to have the comfort of knowing how to do everything and doing exactly the way they want. They're going to have to be adaptable to a bigger organization. And many times people are very, very afraid of, of going in that direction. The other time, it's just it's, at some point it's going to cost some money. Somewhere along the line, you're going to have to invest in order to have a bigger operation. And they're like, okay, well, if I don't have the money now, how do I get it? It, it kind of It's like a chicken and egg problem. What comes first? Does the growth come first and then you, you scale up to support it? Or do you scale up first and hope the growth follows you? Mm, good point. Yeah, and uh, so the first element of is kind of the letting go of, of ultimate control of everything that goes on and delegating and, and um, finding people that you feel confident in. Uh, but the second part is even more scary, and that means uh, that is that you're going to have to put some money into this thing because you're going to have to pay salaries, and there's going to be a ramp up period. And and uh, how do you set benchmarks to see if you're on target for for your growth goals? Is that an important area for business owners? Absolutely, and it it really 
when you go down that particular road, what it does is it gives the business owner clarity about where they're going and what they're eventually going to be into. And as they build out their plan and they understand what critical benchmarks they need to be looking at, then they develop the confidence that, wow, this might even work. And if it works, I can actually operate at that higher level that I've always wanted to be at or I've seen other people at, but I've struggled to get there myself. So it's real important to understand what metrics you're having to work with. So if there's a if there's a, a footprint in your business, you know, a larger facility, multiple facilities, more people, you really have to understand the financial impact of that first. Know in advance what it's going to cost you to operate at that more expansion you know type level. And then the next thing right after that is, you know, I can go out and get a loan. Sure. You know, you can find a bank, you can find partners, you can find a lot of ways to infuse capital into your business. My question is, once you've got that money, you're going to have to pay it back at some point. What are you doing to drive the revenue that's not only going to operate a bigger business, but pay back debt that you've taken on? So marketing and sales as a, as a, as a means of driving more clients, more revenue, you've got to consider that up front. You have to be able to know that you can actually operate at a larger business or you're just building a more expensive you know, box to play in, and eventually it's not going to work. Yeah, are there certain um, are there time frames when you when you run into someone and you say, look, let's uh, let's talk about your scalability here and what you're going to do about it, and the and the business owner says, okay, let's go with it, let's build a plan. At what point do I know if I'm if I'm reaching those target goals or if it's just time to kill kill the growth? Is it a year? Is it is it a couple of years out, or does it just depend case by case on how big the project is? Yeah, um, it's really tough to put a time frame on it a lot of times because a lot of times it just it, it really depends on what you're looking at in the marketplace that makes you think having a bigger version of what you have now is going to meet a need. So there has to be some market need out there that says if I you know if I build a, a bigger operation here, um, I'm going to be able to handle more people who are already out there looking for what I do. So if you know the market can handle more of what you offer and you've got a marketing system and a sales process in place that brings in a certain amount of clients and revenue on a regular basis now, some of it is just projecting it out and saying, okay, if I keep going this way, it, within six months, I'm going to be turning people away because I don't have the capacity. Capacity, that's really what it boils down to. Do you have the capacity? So I tell people, if you can, if you can get that granular with your forecasting, you know, when you get to about 85 or 90 percent of capacity and you know you can sustain more growth, that's when you start infusing um, more strategies to build the business out. It's very that's much good. kind of a stair-step approach. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a good point. So having benchmarks and realizing when you're at that stage where you should be moving forward. Let's talk about the other side of that. I've heard the phrase um, grow broke, G-R-O-W, broke. Uh, used a lot out there where businesses expanded too quickly and didn't pull in the reins when they should have. Um, can you can you talk about the other side of that? Where you know with where in your parameters you're growing too fast? Yes. Um, sometimes, uh, and and this can happen in two different areas. One, and I saw this with a client I had about six years ago. Um, most of their business was tied to government contracts. 
and at one point they were having conversations with you know liaisons from the departments that they were doing their business with, and they got this real feeling that in about five or six months they were just going to be completely flooded because the contract they were involved in was going to ramp up. So they went out and hired like 17 people in all areas of their business to take care of it. Well, what happened was they misread the tea leaves. And, uh, you know, as, as the conversations continued, what they realized was there was all kind of other bureaucratic stuff in the way, and implementing that contract wasn't going to come around for about a year and a half. So now they're sitting there with this huge infrastructure and labor pool, and there's no business coming anytime soon. And by the time I came into the, the picture, we were talking about, okay, how do you scale back and, and be able to sustain yourself so you can even take on that contract when it shows up in a year and a half? So sometimes people get so so emotionally involved in, in the potential, they don't sit back and say, okay, what are we actually looking at, and can we quantify it to the point where we don't end up investing too much and then go too dry before the money starts showing up? Yeah, that, that's a good point. You can grow too fast, and then you have all this infrastructure, and you don't have the cash flow to manage all of that. Um, that's, a, that's a tough situation to get into. So when we talk about um, – uh, some of the roadblocks. You've covered a couple of the roadblocks in the way of, of scalability, but uh, I think there's a couple more that are out there. What what other roadblocks are there to, to being a scalable business? One of the biggest roadblocks I find early on is the, the owner that's running the business that, that has these visions of wanting to get bigger. From a From a mindset standpoint, really isn't ready to step into a different role. Because when you're running a, a, a small shop, you might have three or four employees. You, you pretty much, you know, you can memorize just about everything that goes on in the business, which means you probably don't have the system set up to support things. You're probably not relying a lot on technology. Uh, you probably haven't spent any time developing the people you have so that when the business starts to get more robust and more demanding, you can move people around and accommodate more strenuous activities and demands and, and volume and things like that. So they're not thinking that way to start with. And all of a sudden, if they get into a situation where maybe a competitor, you know, on the other end of town wants to sell their business and this is a great way for them to expand, which happens a lot. People buy other businesses and that's how they expand. Mentally, they're not ready to jump into a higher game like that. They're still thinking about what they do in that, that first location. So, how the business owner thinks about what they're going to be doing when now they have many more things to keep, you know, to, to watch over and monitor and make sure they're working, that can be a huge blockage right off the bat. Um, the other thing is when you start to scale up, at some point you're going to need to rely on more systems. Uh, a lot of the things you may be doing manually because you think there's nobody else that can do them like you, you need to have to go out and start looking at how can you automate your business to handle a lot of the low-level things, the switch-offs from one department to another, so that you can uh, you can raise your capacity. And most of the time, what I what I see when people don't make good use of, of systems, processes, and technology is that they bought into a, a bigger business footprint. They have more people, but they're actually not doing any more capacity because they haven't figured out how to to, to make the the system of of what they offer more efficient. It's a lot to think about. You know, I guess. You know, a good analogy, I guess, is, uh, you know, when you're when you're building a road to tomorrow, you're going to have to build the bridges well in advance and know what know where your problem points are going to be. You don't you don't cross that bridge when you come to it. You have to build the bridge before you get to it. And that takes a lot yeah. of futuristic type of thinking. 
you have to be able to think at least 12 months down the road in terms of of hard decisions about you know if everything is going in the right direction what am i going to do next it's it's a, a concept that i work with a lot of clients that i call forward pacing and what that means is if you're in a particular decision making mode today you don't just make the decision to satisfy whatever problem or opportunity you're trying to address today. You look at down the road and say, okay, if I do this today, how's that going to set me up for down the road? And if it's not, or if it's going to possibly derail you or take you off course, then you have to go back and look at that decision and say, okay, it might be the most convenient thing for today, but is it going to position me to keep going down the road? And a lot of folks just don't, you know, it's not like they don't have the intelligence for it. They're just not oriented to doing it that way. Yeah, good point. And especially, uh, you know, I've heard I've heard the phrase that the, the battle plan does not get drawn at the front line. Uh, you're busy. You're you're a business owner. You're you're working your business. So it takes having someone like yourself, Steve, to come in and say, let's pull you out of that for a day, uh, uh, several hours, a weekend, whatever it needs to be to do that type of planning, uh, someday that'll be your total job will be the vision. But there's a, there's a crossover transition for most small business owners to where they're, they're the, involved in the doing and they've got to be involved in the planning as well. And, uh, it's very, it's, it's, uh, it's a challenge. That's why business owners are my heroes. How about you, Steve? Uh, you know what, um, now that I've been in this kind of small business kind of wild west market that I, I i walked into after i left my my corporate life eight years ago um, i have a huge huge amount of respect for anybody that gets into business and starts it and builds it and gets there by any means that they have available um, it, it's just believe me when i tell you that in in b school or in the corporate environment most people are just not taught how to do stuff like that it's something that you have to believe in enough that you're willing to take risks you may not even realize in order to get what you want. And so these folks, you know, they're they're really, I mean, they're the champions of our of our economy. Uh, so it's sad when you run into someone that kind of gets to that level and all of a sudden they wake up one day and they think, God, I'm in uncharted territory. I've got this business to this point, and now I feel like everything around me has changed and I'm I'm really in unfamiliar territory. And uh, and that's when they really need to start thinking about how they move forward because, you know, business is fluid. If you're not moving forward, you're automatically going backward. Yeah, and you think about it. If, you, if you're a business owner, you go to the office every day, you're in your environment every day, you're not aware of all that's going on outside around you. That's why it's so important to work with people who are – who have their head up, they're looking around, they're spotting trends and helping you spot those. Let's talk about one more question, Steve. And that's what's the best way to expand when you don't have the funds to do so, when you're just getting started on that expansion? Well, if you don't have your own particular finances, uh, and it's funny, I, I just had a conversation the other day with a, a guy that is doing well in his, his consulting practice, and he's now realizing that because he doesn't have certain people in place, He's limited in terms of how much more business opportunity he can go after. So he's, you know, he's trying to think: How do I expand this model? And if you don't have the money, you know, at some point there's only there's only really a few ways to do it. You're either going to have to find other people to collaborate with, and that can be tricky because many people go into business collaborations and they don't sit down and talk about: Are we the kind of like-minded folks that we have the same general desire for the same type of success? 
Um, so you really have to get your, your ground game down good if you're going to pick a few people to, to get together with and try to kind of, you know, share each other's talents in order to grow organically. Um, if you don't have that option, then you're going to have to look at other places where you can, uh, where you can leverage money. Um, you know, for some people it might be, uh, you know, taking out loans on property or homes that they have. It might be inviting friends in to be, you know, silent partners. Um, you know, then there's the venture capital game, but I, I, I tend to tell people to stay away from that unless they know they need money for some hard asset infrastructure, like a, a new building, new equipment, because venture capitalists tend to want to get into things where they can actually see what they're buying into. Um, you know, you, 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 could, you could go to a bank at some point when you can definitely, you can show them that you've got a track record of growing your business and moving forward. Um, but you know that's that's the problem with with funding. It's it's not like you know, gee, I can just go down to the bank I've been doing business with personally for the last 20 years and get a $50,000 loan. They don't look at it that same way. So you know what I tell people early on: before you get to the point where you know you're going to need money for expansion, really go to school on your marketing and your sales because the marketing and sales is what drives the revenue that eventually tracks the money, but then allows you to pay it back. Great point. Yeah. So focusing on what's going to bring the money in and uh, in that structure, that's probably one of the fastest things you can get results on as well, Steve, I would imagine. Absolutely. I mean, and, and let's, let's face it, if you're going to invest in, in growing and expanding your business, but you don't have a plan for driving up or taking advantage of the market opportunity that you see out there now, you know, because unless you're in a business that nobody else is doing, you've got competition. You know, your customers have choices about who they do business with. So you have to really have a confident plan about how you're going to take advantage of more of that. Otherwise, you know, you're back to just building infrastructure and taking on debt, and, you know, that has an ugly ending to it. I'm talking with Steve Smith of Growth Source Coaching. And, Steve, I, a lot of our listeners might have listened and said, you know what, I should give Steve a call. How do they get in touch with you, or what's the best way? Actually, what I suggest people do is go to my website. It's uh, growthsourcecoaching.com. Uh, my email's under the contact section. My phone number's on every page. Uh, they can actually take advantage of a lot of the things that's on there and, and really get an idea of who I am and what I do. Uh, and then, you know, if they're comfortable, they can either, you know, fill out a request and I'll give them an hour's worth of consultation to help them figure out what they need to do, or they can just call me direct and we can have that conversation. But uh, I try to make it as easy for people to understand what they're walking into first before they make that decision to reach out and try to contact me. Great idea. So go to growthsourcecoaching.com. Check it out, Steve. You're a great guy to know when people want to grow their business, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing your, your ideas and thoughts with us again uh, today and look forward to the next time we talk. Bill, listen, thanks a lot for having me. I always enjoy chatting with you. I think what you're doing here is great, so I just appreciate the time on the air. Thanks, Steve. Uh, we're going to take a All short right. break. We'll, we'll be right back after this. Stay with us, please. Business owners, if you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. 
Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 